the one who gives life. Gary Bird had only planned to go to New York for one day for a job interview. The problem was that his meeting was on the 99th floor of the Twin Towers, and his meeting was on September 11, 2001. He became the only Arizonan that we know of killed in the terrorist attacks that day. Several years after his death, his widow, Donna, was told by some people that, that, that many people were still having a hard time processing what happened because no one was talking about it. Nobody, nobody likes talking about death. So she sat down and wrote a book called Nothing Will Separate Us, in which she talks about her faith and the incredible love that she still feels for her husband. She misses him, but as she reflects on it, she's filled with gratitude for the man that she felt so lucky to have known and been married to. Yes, in the loss of her husband, she experienced shock and sadness and anger and felt violated and lost that he was gone. But she knew where to take it. To the one who has power over suffering and death. And in him, she found hope and the awareness that, that she is not alone. That he's the one who says, Romans 8 tells us, that neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor present things, nor future things can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And when we know that, as she knew it, that she knew that Jesus was with her. Today in our gospel, Jesus loses a good friend. We're told multiple times that he loved Lazarus. He loved his friend. Which, which is kind of a question we have, like, God, if you're so good and you love this person, or you love me, then why are you allowing bad things to happen? And so how Jesus acts in this story tells us so much about what he wants us to know. Even the first thing, it says, when Jesus found out his friend was ill, what happens? It says, now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. All right, Jesus, if you care so much, why are you doing nothing? Or so it seemed. Did Jesus not know that he was dead, that he was ill, you know? And Jesus says, our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I'm going to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Master, if he's asleep, he will be saved. So then Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died. And I am glad for you that I was not there that you may believe. That Jesus is working a plan. That Jesus, who knows all things and holds all things in his power, is doing something. So he, he shows up, and Martha and Mary both express their pain and their anger. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. There's something very important there, that in our pain and anger, it is very important to tell him all about it. 
If we do not, it becomes like a dark poison that darkens our soul, that poisons us with resentment and bitterness. But they know what to do. They take it to the Lord. And Martha even adds, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. That there's faith that this hurts, and I'm not happy about it. But not my will, your will be done. So Jesus goes to the tomb, and he calls out, Lazarus, come out. Jesus proves, he shows his power, that he is God. That he has power over suffering and death. He is the resurrection and the life. That, that God, God, never, God did not intend there to be sin and suffering and death. He allowed for human freedom. And in that human freedom, it was brought about suffering and death. So then God in his mercy allows death, which puts an end to suffering, so that now we can enter into the newness of life. But he doesn't just like stand back on the sidelines that Jesus himself, as we will follow him in the next two weeks, God, God doesn't just stand on the sidelines, but Jesus sees us suffering and he chooses to come be with us in the midst of our suffering. That, that when Jesus takes the cross, it doesn't like the two thieves who are next to him, their suffering doesn't like magically end. That Jesus doesn't just snap his fingers and take away our suffering, but he enters into our suffering with us to redeem it, to transform it, to bring new life from it. That's what he does. And the Father allows the suffering and death of his son Jesus because he knows that it will lead to the resurrection, and that's better than if Jesus never suffered at all. God allows our own suffering and death, not because he wants it, he allows for it, because he knows the plan he has in motion to bring new life and resurrection from it. He, bring, he has a plan to do something better than if that suffering and death and sin never happened to begin with. That's what these readings tell us. That's what the Lord wants us to know. And if Jesus can bring new life out of death, he can bring new life out of everything. This weekend, there's a, a group of students were, uh, from NAU here down uh, Happy Jack for a retreat. And one of the, the speakers was sharing yesterday that after her first year of college, she faced this huge heaviness of depression. And she didn't want to get out of bed. And she lacked the motivation to do what she needed to do or, or even to do things that she used to enjoy. It was terrible. And in the summer after her freshman year, she, praise God, recognized, like, this is heavy. I can't do this. I need help. Whenever we feel something heavy, it means we need to call on a higher power to help us. So she reached out to a doctor. That's what we do. We feel heaviness. We reach out to a higher power. And the doctor began meeting with her and you know, gave her some medicine, which didn't work, and gave her another medicine, which didn't work. As you know, if people are familiar with depression and you know, bipolar, things like that, that there's, there are hundreds of medicines. And it takes some time to find the medicine 
that will work with our own body chemistry to help us. And it's worth persevering in that. And so after a whole year, nothing had worked. And she was feeling just discouraged. Like, is nothing going to work? And one day she, was, she described how she was so frustrated that she turned to the Lord and she just like let him have it. Like, I'm tired of this. Do you not care about me? Do you not care that I'm suffering? And, and she said she just like let it out. And when she was done, she, she like heard like this little, this little voice um, that said, do you believe, do, do you choose to believe that I can heal you? And she kind of said, she, she felt like, well, this is weird, but you know, like, um, I don't know, I've tried everything and nothing works. And so God, you're the only one who can help me. And I choose to believe that you can heal me. Okay, and she went on with her day. And then the next day she woke up and she, she said it again. Lord, I choose, I, I choose to believe that you can heal me. And she said that she, she kept doing it every day. And after about a month, she kind of just reflected. And she looked back and she's like, I don't, I don't feel that heaviness anymore. I, I feel more energy in life to go do these things that, that I want to do. That in fact, the truth is that God does want to help and heal. And his plan and path might be different than ours, but he has a plan and a path. And do I believe it? Do I choose to believe it? That the one with power, the one who is the resurrection and the life, the one who came to bring redemption to us, desires also to redeem me. Not because I'm worthy of it, not because I'm great, but because his love desires to do that in my life. That's what God does. He has a plan to redeem everything. And so our job, my job is not to just fight through it. My job, like, like Martha and Mary, is to just bring it to Jesus and tell him all about it. There's a popular song, a Christian song out there called I Can Only Imagine. And last year they made a movie about the origins and the, the songwriter and the singer of it uh, with the same name. You may have seen it. Um, I'm about to spoil it for you, uh, but maybe you'll want to go see it. The guy in the, the story, it's, his name's uh, Bart Millard. And growing up, his father had been very abusive. And so then his mother said, I'm out of here. His mother took off. And when Bart became an, an adult, 18, he also, he's like, I'm out of here. And he had discovered his singing talent by then and went out with his band. And, and later on, he returned home. And his father had been diagnosed with cancer. And he said when he, when he came home and he, he saw his father, like his, in the movie it shows like his dad like makes him breakfast. And then his dad's like, hey, how you doing? And, and the son just like lashes out. He's just like, dad, you, you can't just pretend like all that stuff that happened over so many years just didn't happen. You can't pretend like that pain and darkness wasn't there. You can't just move on. And, and in the course of, of, of those days and weeks and months, Bart realized that his dad was on a journey. And that at a certain point, he had opened his heart to God 
and that God was working on him. And, and, and so then Bart came in and began walking with him too in this journey uh, of cancer until his father passed away. And uh, a couple years later, actually at the, at the National Prayer Breakfast in 2017, he stood up, he sang the song, and he stood up and he said this. He said, I can only imagine was a song that was written after my father passed away with cancer a few years ago. He was abusive most of my life. If he had a bad day, he took it out on me. He was diagnosed with cancer when I was a freshman in high school. For me, it was a blessing and a curse. I was kind of glad because I thought it would all come to an end. My parents divorced when I was three. I lived with my dad most of my life, and he was still my dad in all that I knew. For the next four or five years, I saw Jesus change him completely. He went from a monster to a man who was desperately in love with Jesus. If the gospel can change that dude, the gospel can change anybody. Bart continues to spend his life, his career, going around the world, sharing the good news about what God can do, about who he is. And then if God can do that kind of redemption and bring new life here, then I can't even imagine what it will be one day like in heaven. And so we, we gather as Christians today to rejoice that there is one who has power over sin and death. And he invites us to come to him with our hurt, our brokenness, our shame, our pain, our woundedness, our anger, our grief, everything. Because he's the one who has the power to transform them, to take where there's death and bring new life. To take where there's darkness and to bring light. That's who he is. He came so that we might have life and have it to the full. And so we come here today with our, our brokenness. We come with hope, choosing to believe, knowing that there is one who loves us and he is the one who gives life.